Join me today in a conversation with my family as we explore and continue the topic of New Year transformations. Something I love about doing these podcasts with my family is that I'm always surprised and I learn new things. Today's episode, it took me in places I did not expect to go, and I think we really navigated it together and tried to understand in a deeper way what we're each bringing to the new year and how we're each personally transforming and what that means for our family. I hope you enjoy this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Family. Welcome to my second episode of season three. We're going to be talking about kind of extending the conversation about New Year transformations which I think a lot of us know more as like new year resolutions, but I'm kind of hopping on with changing that mentality and talking more about like transforming ourselves into, you know, our best self or, you know, best version of ourselves or whatever. I don't know. Some of that like hippy dippy mental health talk flies over (laughs) me sometimes. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of have a conversation with you guys and see what, what are you hoping for in 2022? Okay. Is that too big of a question or should we start with something smaller? Well, no, 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 that's fine. Um, it's funny because dad had texted me out of the blue, um, well, it felt a little out of the blue and you were like, you were like, you know, talking about like negative, negative energy or like people being kind of negative and how you wanted to move away from that. And I started thinking about that a lot. And I was like, yeah, you know, like there's a lot of negativity, like we've been surrounded by a lot of negativity these last few years. And so I'm definitely like on the positive train, you know, I'd like to look at things more half full than half empty. Yeah. I think that can make such a big difference in your life when you're, I always, I always think about it like this, like when you want to tell a story, you're going to search for all of the evidence that will support that story. And so if you're telling a negative story, you're going to search for all the negativity. If you're telling a positive story, you're going to search for the positivity. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, I want to tell a balanced story. So being like respectful of what needs to be changed and what's not working while also honoring what is working. Yes. But I think it can make a big difference if you surround yourself with positivity. Yeah, it's definitely Absolutely. like a mindset. It's mm-hmm. it, it it's a practice though, because I think some people think that people are just really positive people, but it's like no, I mean it's a, it's an action that you're doing. You're choosing to to like consciously be aware of that. You know, mm-hmm. I think, anyways. I agree. I agree yeah. with that. I think choosing the positivity over the negativity. And also not just that surrounding your, your daily life with more positivity, what you listen to, who you go, who your friends are, um, just everyday choices can lead up to more positivity. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking, dad, when you were talking to Debbie about it, what was the context? Like what, what were you thinking of specifically? 
Well, not not to not to get not to make Debbie butthurt, but I felt <laughs> like she was she was generating a lot of negativity in her life, and I was like, Debbie didn't used to be that way, and so I just thought it would be oh. cool to get. And, and I got to tell you, it doesn't. I, I mean, we all we all are that way, but I wanted to see the old Debbie who was a lot more positive about life and out and life outcomes. And I think COVID is is and Debbie, I'm not speaking for you. I'm just feeling this is my feeling. Oh, like I feel good. like COVID made her, COVID made her a little bit more paranoid about everything. And then, you know, you start complaining about the people around you and trust me, I see it all the time at, at, here at home. I mean, you know, we, we complain about things, but guess what? At work, I don't tolerate any complaints from anybody. Mm. And it was like, mm. like, I want to be a little bit more like that. Like, you know, don't complain, do something to make the situation better or find something positive in 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 a person instead of net in the set of the negative of, about them mm-hmm. you know like like what and it can be anything it could be like teachers that are vaccinated or it could be students that that you know whatever i covid is just so on our forefront that it's hard not to talk about that yeah but but like i just want positivity more in my life than negativity i still kind of like negativity sometimes <laughs> so i'm not gonna i know it's terrible and i'm looking at Annalise's face and it's sorry it's true Negativity can feel, can push you to be a little bit better sometimes, but but I just don't want to complain about people anymore. I want to find the positive, even like like some Becky gave me in my stocking some of this insult a day thing, and and they're actually hilarious. I can't think of one of them. I was trying to remember one, but but they're hilarious. But they are they're insults, but they're kind of funny. And so like I want to play on on all kinds of things. But motivation, Debbie, that's what we were talking about you know, looking at motivational things every day, like finding one thing to motivate, you know, I mean, gratitude. I, for me this year, it was more about gratitude um, for all. Cause I've had a lot of adversity this last seven months or so. Yeah. Six months. I've had a lot of change and a lot of adversity. And so in checking in with myself, it's like, well, I can look at the negativity because there's been a lot, a lot of challenging moments, a lot of challenging days, but I'm choosing to be grateful for what's in my present moment. Like when I ride my bike and I'm out in nature and just having like looking around and like being thankful, even for my cup of tea, like acknowledging it. And, um, and when I do come into those moments of negativity, cause we all do. Right. Is just like, okay, uh, this is how I'm feeling and whatever that is, how can I change it? And taking accountability for myself and saying, okay, I feel like this. So what can I do to create more positivity to feel better? You know, and there's always something we can do. There's an action that we can take, whether that is just saying I'm grateful for whatever or reaching out or I always find for myself being of service fulfills me so when I'm of service it's like it's giving back to myself in the same way I don't know if that makes sense but that's so for me this year if you want to say resolution or whatever it was just to be more present in my daily life and looking on the the short term not the long term and saying you know every day when I wake up what are what am I grateful for first? And then what are the things that I want to accomplish in my day? 
and move forward towards that and let the negativity or the fear or anxiety or whatever it is in that moment, let that kind of drop away a little bit, not completely, but to try to change that energy for myself. Um, I find that I'm, I'm more productive in my day and I end my day happier when I do that. Well, and I think I hear kind of from both of you, it's the same thing of like recognizing what is not working in your life and how you can kind of move from that and transform from that. And that to me is really important because I think so often, and I, I kind of caution with what you're saying, mom, because you don't want to live in negativity. You don't want to live in fear. You don't want to live in anxiety, but you also can't ignore it or say that it's not functional because I think that every emotion is important. Every feeling we have is important. And when we don't honor it, and this is what I talked about in my first podcast of this season was honoring our experience, honoring ourselves. And so how do we honor that fear that we have without it consuming us? Right. Right. How do we allow it to transform us into what our goals are, into being our best self, into because I think fear is important. I think anger is important. I think sadness is important. And if we want to push it to the side and change it and say, no, that's not right that I feel that way or judge that feeling, then I think we're missing on an opportunity to really honor ourselves and what we're experiencing. Because you're saying you had so much change in the last year, Mm -hmm. so much um, loss and grief. And if we try to push ourselves through that to be something we're supposed to be, we miss on the opportunity to really grieve. But it's not to say we have to live in that grief every day, because that could be right. And I guess that was, yeah, that was the point I was trying to make. I do acknowledge it when it comes up. And I do allow myself to feel it and process through it. And then look more to what are some healthy solutions, you know, and sometimes that's reading something that inspires me or allows me to cry or um, to just be present. I guess the big thing that I'm trying to do this year is to be more present in my in the present moment, be there in the present and not allow myself to get sucked into the past or get too far ahead in the future, Mm. because that takes me personally down a road that then I stop moving. Then I like, I can sit all day or do nothing gets accomplished because I'm sitting and I get sucked into it. So it's really important for me personally, yes, to acknowledge it, to feel it, to process it in the present, but not get into like, what do I need to do? Like long-term or, you know, because I find that for me, my brain just can get consumed with it and like three, four days can go by and I'm still right there thinking about that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I need to, and I don't, it's not that I need to, I don't want to do that. I want to be more productive and I want to um, experience the joy that's in my present moment. I want to acknowledge that more than I want to sink into those other feelings, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I don't experience them or acknowledge them. I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Debbie. Oh, um, so I wanted to kind of, um, go a little backwards to what dad was saying. Cause I feel like I didn't really get a chance to like get in there, like in that moment. Um, but I, it's really important, I think, um, cause I'm experiencing, I'm seeing that a lot of other people are kind of 
experiencing what I'm experiencing, like these feelings. And you touched on something, dad, you're like, I want, like, I want to see the old Debbie, you know, like this positive person and stuff. And through some education and learning and stuff like that, I, you know, that's not really a good goal for me to have, you know, to go back to, because maybe that's, you guys saw this very like happy, positive person, but that person was also like not assertive, not standing up for themselves, being walked all over, like in their friendships and at work. Yeah. I was a people pleaser. I was a yes person. And a lot of people liked that because I would get things done or like I was a good friend or I'd really show up in big ways, but it's like, that wasn't filling me, my heart, you know? And yeah, throughout this last couple of years of kind of more isolative, um, I guess, experiences kind of being more alone, like just in our compact family, um, or I don't know, that's not the right way to say that your, your main family, what's the What's the word for it, Lisa? It's on the tip of my tongue. The family unit, yeah. Your immediate family? Your immediate family, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Dylan, Lily. Um, you know, I'm seeing that, like, yes, you know, it's really easy to get sucked in by, like, the world sucks mentality because, you know, in a lot of aspects, it kind of did. And I don't want right. to pretend like I didn't feel that. Like, no, that's a health, it's healthy to like, I want to just commend Lisa for you saying, you know, you got to honor all your experiences, honor the emotions, every single one you feel because it's a part of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to get drowned out of any emotion too much to be positive all the time is not healthy to be negative all the time is not healthy so yeah like you know you said a word balance and I feel like that's really what I'm searching for Mm -hmm. you know but I don't want to go back to that person who just was I don't know hey hey Debbie please don't equate me wanting you to be a little bit more happy and positive with you being the old Debbie or whatever, I have always wanted you to be more um, aggressive about the things that you want and be more honest and open about the the way that you feel about things. So if that's a transformational thing for you to where you can say, hey, dad, hey, mom, hey, Lisa, hey, Dylan, hey, Lily, this is what I want. And you need to, you know, you need to do it that way. That's, that's fine. I just, I just, was seeing a, a, a streak of negativity through COVID that I had not seen you have, and I saw nothing positive in it. And that's all I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, the old please everybody, Debbie. I, I actually don't even. I, I actually your experience during that. COVID, your experience during COVID was much different than my experience yeah, during COVID. So how can work, you, yeah. how can you, you can't really compare like, and some people like had, much more um, heartbreaking experiences during these last few years than I did. I mean, you can't kind of compare and be like, you had it harder, you had it easier. Like, you know, you should just, I don't know, we all can get through it. It's like, that's just not, I don't know. Well, and I think, I think what I'm, what I'm kind of recognizing in the experience of COVID as a family, like the, the wider family unit of all of us, parents and siblings, is that we all had our own reaction to what COVID brought up for us. And so like during COVID, um, you know, I, I feel like I experienced a lot of great things and I, I got a really great job 
I connected more with my kids. Like that was a different thing for me than it was even for mom who was around family, but still had like not related to COVID a lot of grief. And, and so we had these life experiences that came, whether COVID was here or not. And we also had life experiences that were brought up by COVID. And I think the biggest thing is, is that acceptance that there are different experiences and that both your experience, my experience, dad's, Debbie's, Becky's, all of them coexist with each other. And the feelings and reactions we had to COVID and to whatever was happening during the last two years, we, we accept that those things happen and that we responded in the way we did. I think the challenge is avoiding the pressure of being a certain way to make everybody else more comfortable or, or, or lacking the acceptance that that's what it was. And I needed to be something different. Like I need Debbie to be different. I need dad to be different. And, and that I think is a trap because then it doesn't, it doesn't create space for connection because I'm not accepting what's really happening. And that's hard because it is hard. And I think when we have a family like we are, who are totally enmeshed, right. We're like so connected and so up in each other's business, right. We, we think it comes from good intention, but oftentimes it is harmful. It's harmful to try to change each other to fit our agenda, to fit our narrative, to fit our needs and our emotional discomfort. Like there are times in the past two years when I have felt anxiety about everybody and everybody, the way everybody's dealing with everything. And how do I reconcile my anxiety without projecting that onto the other person? That's hard to do. That's like big level stuff. That's hard to do. And I think the more that we do these kind of podcasts and the more we talk about this stuff, the, the more we're going to have to face that awareness that a lot of times we project our own stuff onto each other uh-huh. and, and just recognize that that can be hurtful. Uh, yeah. Thank you. One of the things that I've learned in these little conversations is that oftentimes the way that I say things mm-hmm. is not the way that I wanted them to be perceived. And Debbie, I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything, I think you, I don't know, maybe you took everything I said wrong. I, what I, the way that I said it now that I hear it repeated back to me sounds kind of negative and that's not at all how I meant it. Like I meant it as a totally positive thing. And, and I meant it as like a way to like start the new year a little bit better. Cause I'm, I'm tired of, of all of this stuff that's going on around me. And I'm like, well, I can only deal with what's around me. I can only control my immediate whatever area, you know? And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do things a little bit differently. Well, I mean, we, and I have, and I have a team at work that's the same way. And I feel like me and mom are kind of on a similar pathway too, with, with that, you know, that kind of transformation, maybe, you know, mom's had so much bad shit happen that, (laughs) that I don't even know what to do with it. You know, I don't, I don't even mean to say this badly, but one of the, that's one of the reasons why I don't like having friends and because I don't want to lose them and like losing bear, like that sucked. Mm -hmm. Losing coach sucked. You know, Angie lost Debbie that sucked. And, and, but it all kind of came to fruition yesterday. Sorry. I I don't mean to hijack this conversation, but (laughs) mom didn't want to go to the Lobo game yesterday. And I had Becky and Curtis's tickets. And so, 
I, I called, I thought, okay, I'm going to call my friends. Okay. Well, I have one friend Flo, and he already has season tickets. So that was that. So then I started looking for somebody to go with. Like I have no friends. I called Robert. I called Steven. I, I called Travis. I, I called Tony. Everybody has COVID. Oh no. Yeah. So mom bucked up and got dressed and went to the game with me and it was fun. It was actually fun. They sucked, but, but anyway, but it just, you know, it's like one of those things like, like I just, I have my family and that's enough for me. Cause you guys are amazing. Like, I don't, I, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed that I have an amazing family. Is that it? <laughs> what mom does? Mom's like going in and out. That's it. I'm done. Oh, I have so much more to say. I could go on for hours. You know, dad, I think that's really sweet. And I think something that our family is really kind of growing, <laughs> growing into, and it's, it's hard because it's hard to transition from being kids to adult kids. <laughs> like we're your, always going to be your children, but now we're adults and have our own children. I think what our family is growing into is this idea of like, instead of saying, I want you to be this way, right? I want you to be this way. I think we're transitioning into like, how can I show up for you? Like, I, I want to be supportive of you. How can I do that? Because um, we're all adults and we all have like our own autonomy, but we still want to be connected. Like we were when we were a family living together in one house. And so for me, I'm, I think that's something that is really important in relationships this year is not putting my own like my own desires or my own projections, my own fears onto the people I'm in relationships with and asking them, how can I support you? Like, how can I show up for you today? And I think that already sets this intention of positivity and connection and like respect for one another that when I ask you that, I, I know that you know what you need and I trust you that you know what you need. And I can either set a boundary and say, no, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I want to show up for you, but I can't do that. Or, oh, you know what? I can do that. I can figure out how to be that person for you or be supportive in that way. And I think that's really important. Like mom, you know, you need a mom to, to, to go with you because everybody has <laughs> COVID and mom can say, you know what? I really can't, or, you know what? I can do that. I can, sh I can show up for you in that right. way. And right. I think that's how I hope 2022 will be for our family and for like relationships I have with other people. Is less projection of my own fear of not being good enough and more just acceptance of, of everybody else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just, like I love what you just, everything you just said. I really resonated with that. Um, yeah. Like uh, mom, you even kind of said something about this a little earlier about like taking some self-accountability. Like yeah. and that was something I, I've been talking to everybody, like, like, all the all our family members I feel like a lot lately and having like good conversations you know and um yeah like something that I also that's been on my mind a lot is like taking back my power of like I am in control of my life like you know I can make choices that I know will help me or you know make me feel happier or like whatever right. except you know <laughs> I really, so, you know, don't you hate when you try so hard though, and just everything goes wrong? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I love biking and Dylan was so sweet. And he got me like a bike carrier for the back, um, to have Lily sit in it. 
And, you know, I'm like all pumped. I finally figured out, you know, how to get it in the car. And then I'm like trying to put it on the, it's just, everything is so hard. I don't know why, like (laughs) putting on these bike carriers is not an easy task um, Mm. when you don't know what you're doing. And then but it will um, get easier the more you do it. Yeah. After I've done it a couple of times, I'm like, okay, this isn't as hard as I, as it was before, but you know, you get the whole thing on and then you get Lily's helmet on and you get her in the thing. It's all cute. Everything's great. And she just starts screaming like the entire time we're riding. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully she'll get used to it. Like I'm going to be taking her. And she'll learn to love it. I was just like, of course. Do you remember when you first Put took Lambo her in there with her? Remember when you Lord. first took her and she was like looking around on, I think it was in, I don't remember, a wagon or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, she'll get to that point. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to tell you the bike thing is kind of interesting. I would, I gave mom a bike for Christmas because mm-hmm. I knew she wanted one, but I was really worried. First I was worried that she might not actually use it. Then I was worried that she might have an accident and get hurt. Then I just like all of the worries come out and like, and then I was like, oh my God, how are we going to, what are we going to do? How are we going to get it around or what, you know, there was all these other things like you're talking about, but it's all good, man. Watching mom get out there and ride her bike for like an hour. Is it so fun? It's so fun. I I love it. Loving it. You don't like like biking again. Annalise like, nope. No, you guys are crazy. I would die. I love bikes it. is like so uncomfortable and challenging. Well, like, not if you get the right bike. I can say that. I'll but tell you, there ain't no seat. There's no seat that I can sit on where my butt won't hurt after sitting on it. Okay. I'm going to bring my bike to, to Wichita when we go next month and let you try it. You're going to be amazed. Okay. It is, I, I will. so comfortable. <laughs> It really is. But, you, you, but the uh, thing is, that was a big thing for me this year, trying something new, trying something that I hadn't done, you know, in a long, long, I I don't think I've been on a bike in over 20 years. And, you know, just feeling like I was a little nervous at first, but I told myself I pushed through that fear because I wanted it. And I think that was a good lesson for me. Like, like, yeah, you, you you're a little, like dad said, I was a little afraid, like, what if I fall and hurt myself? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, why would I fall if I'm being careful? You know, why mm-hmm. would that happen? You know, what are the chances if you're riding safely and, you know, you're going slow and you're giving yourself um, space to like figure it all out? You know, you're not trying to be like zippity on it right away, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've been doing. I've been practicing in the neighborhood so that I'll be able to go on a bike trail, but doing it in steps and allowing myself to progress. And I'm going to start working out here pretty soon. Uh, Next week, I'm going to start working out and then I'm going to do it the same way. I'm going to start slow and give myself permission to progress, you know, and I know I'll get there. Um, This last year was a huge change for me with my diet. I started changing the way I eat and it was the same thing. It was, I had to start slowly, you know, and I think, at my age at 61, it just showed me that anything is possible if I want it, if I want it. And that's really exciting for me. That's Mm -hmm. really, really exciting for me because I have control. I have power over my, my desires or my dreams, and I don't have to hand them off to someone else to, to fulfill that for me. I can do it myself. And that's very empowering because I haven't done that in a number of years, you know, 
I've let other people, my children, my husband, whatever, um, kind of, you know, project on what I want and let them kind of give it to me if they can. And you know how that is. It's never enough. You've got to do it yourself, you know? So like I said, just, you know, reminding myself that I am strong and that I'm capable is a big change for me. Mm-hmm. Big change. So Annalise, I have a question. Okay. Wait, hold on. I don't want to rush over though. Mom just shared something really big. Yeah. And, right. and I, 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 I want Go to put it. a pin in what you're going to say. So don't lose your, your question, dad. But mom, I, I want to know, like for you, this really big transformation, was there a moment or was there something where you had that like epiphany that it was up to you? Because I feel like so often, you know, social media and movies and TV and reality shows with like the focus of helping people transform gives this illusion that like, we're just going to feel it. Like we're going to feel like we want to do it and we're going to do right. it. And I have felt so, 10,000 yeah. times in my life that I want to be a certain way. And the feeling is not enough. So what, what was that right. for you? I'll cry if I talk about it, but it's just basically, I felt really alone. I felt really, really alone in my grief. And I had a lot of time alone as well mm-hmm. because of COVID. I wasn't as a massage therapist, I wasn't able to work for a long time, like nine months, 10 months. And then I hurt my hand and had to have surgery. So I couldn't work. So I haven't even worked now in six months. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of alone time. And before when I was working, uh, I was seeing people and talking and, and socializing. So I didn't notice those areas in my life where I was lacking, uh, taking responsibility for myself my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health. I was distracted by all these other things, I think. And so the aha moment for me was feeling really alone and saying, why asking myself, am I alone? First of all, no, but why do I feel alone? Mm-hmm. And the maybe like Debbie, that's maybe where you got to that point where, where you changed your thought process. When I asked myself, no, I'm not alone, but why do I feel alone? Because I'm, putting myself in a space to be alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting out there. I'm not communicating. I'm not doing these things that I want. Mm-hmm. And so only I can do it. I, like you said, I can't project on you to fulfill what I need. First of all, you don't even know what I need, mm-hmm. you know? And so I had to really come to terms with what do I even want? Well, I want to feel alive again. That was my starting point. I just mm-hmm. want to feel alive. Oh. I just want to feel the air. I want to feel nature. I want to feel connected. And so how do I feel connected? I have to get out there. I have to do Mm -hmm. things that maybe are uncomfortable. Like the bike was a good example. You know, um, I'm starting to see some clients in their home. I've adjusted my career with my needs and what's best for me, not what's Mm -hmm. just best for my client and draining myself and all of those things. So creating space in my day to do the things that I enjoy and not depleting myself for others. So finding the balance, again, going back to that word balance, finding the balance. But the aha moment for me, going back to that question, was feeling very alone. Yeah. And what can I do about that? And why do I feel alone? You know? Well, and I I really, I am so grateful that you shared that with me because I didn't 
know that that was something that you experienced. And it, it makes me think because I often reflect on like, well, how can I support that for you? And I just think for you to be so vulnerable, um, in taking those risks and those leaps and like doing things for yourself, that's, that's a position of vulnerability because you're, you're changing the way you did things into being something new. And, and I, I want to be supportive of that vulnerability. I want to create a safe space for you to explore these new things that you're working on. And that's what I hope to do for everybody in the family is create a safe space where we can figure out what we're doing. Cause we're always changing and growing, but what you are doing mom is, is a really big thing. It's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm so glad that you shared that. Cause I didn't really, I didn't know that that was what you were experiencing and that's a really big deal. Well, you know, and it's hard and I'm sure you guys have experienced this too. It's hard to express like when you do feel alone, you know, that's, an, that's an emotion feeling lonely, but I can't project that onto you guys. You're so busy with your families and your own life and your own goals. And, and to ask you to, you know, do that, I knew wasn't even probably possible, you know, it'd be asking a lot, you know, and, but more importantly, it was, you know, I've been so happy most of my life. I haven't always felt that way. And I think COVID really created space for me to find the balance. It like, that was the positive side of COVID for me is that it created space for me to have introspect, um, go internally and look at myself mm-hmm. instead of everything external to really know who I am. Cause I've changed a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm in my sixties now and, and life is, 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 um, is a little different, you know, and my goals are different. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking long-term to create something huge and big and, you know, I'm just, um, I'm trying to find the balance in my daily life because as we get older, we don't have as much energy to do all the things we did when we were 30, you know, we have a lot more energy. So I have to reconcile with that, you know? So anyways, that's, that's, that's me. <laughs> Thanks mom. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, okay, Dad, Which, do you remember your, your question that we pinned on? Uh, the- I, I'm going to bring it up later. I want to hear more from Debbie and you guys. I want to hear you guys talk. Well, I just had the hearing mom and mom that I am so happy that you shared that with us. I mean, like not happy about all the... <laughs> crap but right like just that you're and I can see it I mean I think everybody sees it like the you know the action you took to make change in your life it was so like glowing you know what I mean and I know it's a daily thing right and I I'm thinking of like you and I and I really i I really really resonated with feeling lonely like but it's interesting how we were it's experiencing that same feeling, but at very different stages of our life, mm-hmm. you know, like right. you're kind of, well, you were kind of in like forced retirement almost with COVID, you know, um, like not being, not that you didn't want to work, but you weren't allowed to work, you know, right. Cause of the rules. And then, you know, I took a pause from my career to be a stay at home mom and, you know, I wasn't prepared, COVID aside, I wasn't prepared for how lonely that is. I had no idea. Like, you know, people tell you, but you really just don't even know until you experience it. And 
I was really, I was kind of doing what you were talking about, how you're kind of projecting onto other people and wanting everyone to fix it for you because you have no idea how to feel better, you know? Right. And I I don't think until more, even recently, I've really been able to like identify that. Um, And that, so we're talking a two year uh, process, (laughs) you know, like I think, like you said, Annalise, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just gonna, it'll just come to me. But it's like, the the moment the day I realized that it's not going to happen unless I unless I take action and I feel like I'm finally there I don't know I still need to you know get some things sorted out like I really got to put in the effort and it's hard it's hard work well and I think too Debbie like you're saying it's it it's a process because I don't think we should ever judge ourselves for when we get to that point because that's, I mean, there's no point in shaming ourselves for not getting there. Right. Supposed to get there. Right. But I think, I think even the first step in the process is awareness, which is like where you're at. And then now you want to like push yourself forward into actually achieving what you want to achieve. And I think that's kind of my thing this year is like, how do we do that? How do we get, because we get so focused on the end goal that we miss the experiences that we have, um, you know, between starting and finishing. And even yes. what is finishing? I don't know what finishing is death. I mean, like, is that, <laughs> is that the end? Because I don't want the finish to be when I've reached my first goal. Like I, I have so many goals. Um, I don't know. I, I thought what, having, well, I thought having like a lot of people around me, like having a lot of friends, like doing a lot of things or like, I always thought that that would like cure loneliness, you know, like if you just, and, and I realized like, uh, you know, I can not, I don't have to be around a lot of people to not feel lonely. Like I am around a little person all day and that's, you know, a different relationship than like your friends, but, um, you know, like I, I, I didn't realize how much like life we really weren't experiencing, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be these grand things. It can be just walking outside of your front door and walking right. down the street, like how much life you can experience in just that little bit of moment, you know? <clears throat> and that I've, I'm trying to really just fill my day with those moments. Cause that's kind of where I'm at in life right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the seat that every life has different seasons. Is that like a saying? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. A cheesy saying. It's so true though. You know, if I could, um, if I could say one word, I think what, as human beings, we all want, however we get there, whatever road we take or thought process or whatever is just feeling connected. Yeah. Whether Mm. it's with, with a one-year-old or with, it's with our elderly parent that's in their eighties or it's a mid midlife person, whatever. It's just as human beings, I think a starting point is just how do we feel connected Mm. and even to our pets. I mean, that is huge, you yeah. know, because so many people, when they feel pain, I find disconnect for whatever reason, you know, we just pull away because either we don't know what we're processing or feeling, or we're not sure. So we don't want to make a mistake in that. So we just push it away and it becomes, you know, like you said, it could be two years later, you're waking up in this fog going, why do I feel so disconnected? Well, maybe we disconnected ourselves. 
you know, and that, that was the questions I was asking myself. That was my starting point. You know, I want to feel connected because I feel lonely. So how can I feel connected? Well, and and I like to look at things, especially like big conversations like this. I I don't want to look at them flat or like black and white, right? Right. I disconnect myself and therefore I don't have a relationship with people because I think that that's, that's making it too simple because this is such a complicated thing from, from like birth, just scientifically down to the basics. We need connection. We need attachment. We need safe connection where we can feel safe in order to like meet our basic human needs. And that's, that's like a whole other thing. But I think kind of what you're talking about, mom, is when we disconnect from people, especially people we love, like why is that happening? And I think if we just turn and blame ourselves, we're not really going to find a solution that's long lasting because, and this is maybe my like systemic training thinking, because I look at the whole system is why would we disconnect in the first place and answer that question? Why did I pull away? Why did I feel like I couldn't experience this grief and this sadness or this anger or this pain with the people I'm connected to? Am I protecting them because I don't want them to experience what I'm experiencing? Do I not feel safe with them because I feel like they'll judge me? Do you know, so like asking those questions and kind of massaging out and getting to the deeper solution or deeper answer so that we can begin to change how those things happen. So, you know, that's why when you were saying those things that you shared mom, and I think I experienced this with Debbie over the last year is this like awareness of how is my behavior encouraging you to disconnect? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's so important as a family and for anybody listening to the podcast, just to have that kind of question in your head is like when people pull away from me, maybe it's not always something I'm doing, but as a family, I think we address that by saying, are we creating a safe space for this person to share their pain for this person to just be in pain and us not try to fix it and just acknowledge it and accept it and say, you know, I trust you, mom, that you're working on your grief and I'm here when you need me, however you need me. And if I can't be, I'll let you know, but like creating that space for them to just exist and, and be seen in their pain without having to put on a mask. Because for me, my loneliness comes when I, and I'm very good at it and I'm aware of it, when I pretend that everything's fine. When I put on that face and I, and I show up as what people need me to be instead of who I, what I'm actually experiencing. And that creates the most loneliness in me that I've ever experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. Because then nobody ever sees me for who I really am. Mm-hmm. And right. I never see, I never feel seen. And so I think, why is that happening? I think for a lot of reasons, um, but some are things I can't change and some things I can. And I think that we just have to continue to have that conversation. Like, how am I creating a safe space for my family members to just be how they are? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And friends too. Well, yeah, all my relationships, even my yeah. children, I think about that. Like how often am I trying to make my children happy? And then they get the message that, oh, well, I can only be happy because mom can't handle when I'm upset. Yeah. I, and well, like, in just all relationships, like you said, I mean, I was experiencing that a lot. Like I was feeling so frustrated in all my relationships. Like they're just not getting me. Like they're misunderstanding me. Like uh, no one's really cares. You know what I mean? Like all these things you replay in your head, you know, over and over. And then I was like, 
and then it hit you, it hit me. It was like, I don't, through conversations with maybe some people and kind of, kind of getting down to the, you know, what the actual issue was. And it was like, they didn't even know what I needed. They didn't even know what I was wanting. And that like really hit me. I was like, wow. Like I always thought of myself as like such a great communicator. And, um, you know, I would let somebody know, like if something bothered me or, you know what I mean? And I was like, maybe not so much. Like I have some work to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the first step is like knowing what you want. And I think that can be so hard or I don't know, like that was even harder than acknowledging it. Cause then I had to actually think about it. Yeah. And that's scary. One of the things, one of the things, because of what you said is so true, but as you start to think about how you're going to tell people what you want or what you need, I kind of remember, I mean, I think about mom, mom's always done what we all needed and what we all wanted. And has, has she moves forward now and tries to do more things about what she needs and what she wants, people will fight you because they, they want that old person back. The one who kind of caved to everything or did things your way, not their way, you know? So, so mom does more things her, and I'm not speaking for mom, but mom does things more her way or things that she wants. And, and so they're not always the way I want things done. And so it makes me mad. And I know that it's that way for everybody around her now. And so remember that Debbie, that you do things your way, the way Mm -hmm. that you want them to make you feel better. And, and you can't worry about how other people react to that. That's on them, not on you. Yeah. And and you don't worry about it because you guys know, I pretty much do things the way I want and I don't really (laughs) get what other people think. And and I'm sorry. Oh, we but know. Guess what? No, but guess what? But you're not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Hey, wait, that's a song. I'm going to make it a song. You know. No. Anyway, but no, but you guys, you guys get that. You, I'm not okay. sorry. But let's talk about that, Dad, because I think that's important to address. Okay. In talking about balance in relationships and creating right. a safe space, how often does your does your needs overpower the needs of other people and not create a safe. Cause I'm not saying like right. you have to keep, I think there's a balance, right. In, in right. creating a more connected relationship, right. You're kind of saying, well, I just do whatever I want and I don't care what other people think. And to me, that's not a relationship. Right. And I think, I think that you are very much like my way or the highway kind of person. And if you don't like what I say, then go, you know, go hop on a train and go somewhere else. And I think that, to me, when I see that, that's you creating a wall because you don't want to be vulnerable with people. And, and so I'm kind of wondering, like, how often is that mentality a way of you preventing yourself from connecting with people? Probably a lot. <laughs> Probably. I don't know, but I've, I've been better about it. I, ha- I have been, I've tried to be a little bit better. I'm going to tell you what, for me, some of the steps that I've taken towards that end seem huge to me and probably very small to other people. <laughs> like, like, wow, you, you're really calling that a step. Wow. Sorry. You know, so I'm taking baby steps, even though I'm this big old huge guy. I, I understand what you're saying. And I do put up a lot of walls. I don't, mom knows that mom talks to me all the time about that. I'm not as vulnerable as I No, I'm not. I'm not as vulnerable as I could be. I've always protected myself because I had to. And 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 it's hard to be vulnerable, you know. It really is hard. 
I mean, hell, mom's probably got more honesty out of me in the last year than she's gotten out of the last 39. And it ain't enough for her. So, <laughs> well, and, I, and you know what I like to think about, dad, because I think that's important to honor. And I hate, don't should on yourself. Just never should on yourself. We say that all the time. I should be this. I should be that. Or I should be doing. No, let's not should all over ourselves. So <laughs> I think it's important to like recognize that you're taking those steps and they're big steps for you. And, and I want to be better about not judging you for how big of a step you're taking towards that vulnerability. But oh, I forgot what I was going to say. It just flew right out of my head. I guess what, what I'm trying to say is we all have the right to have our experience, right? We all have the right to have our, our thoughts, emotions, our behaviors, and set those boundaries and do what's best for us. I think the there has to be a line though, is that when it starts to harm other people around me. And so when I like, like how you're saying, like you have those boundaries there to protect you from being vulnerable, but when they start to hurt the people around you, that's when we have to start thinking like, is this, is this what I'm intending to happen? Am I just trying to protect myself or am I trying to hurt the people around me? So they'll leave me alone. And I, and I think that's kind of what I'm thinking about is like, Hey, you know, I, I recognize that you're doing what you need to do. I can't partake in that is a lot different than that's so stupid that you want to do that. How dumb can you be? Right. It's like, you're, you're saying the same thing. You're saying, I don't want to do that, but one is harmful and one is a healthy boundary. Mm -hmm. and, and until you're ready to be vulnerable with people and go at your own pace where you feel safe, but just not hurting people along the way. You know, something that um, always stuck out to me whenever I first started reading um, the Brene Brown like books, mm -hmm. um, when because, you know, for for her, I what I take out from her work is like people just need belonging, you know, but it's hard to have that if you're not vulnerable with others, you know, like mm -hmm. it's hard to have that connection. And so something she, and, you know, I used to teach this at the hospital too. And something that I, you know, that I try to do in my own life too, is like this metaphorical, like trust jar. And, you know, every time, like what makes you feel like someone's trustworthy and you start like thinking about all these different traits and things that people do, like, for example, like, oh, they remembered my birthday, like, that makes me feel loved or thought about, or, you know, different little things like that. And as people start doing these things that you've laid out, you're kind of putting like marbles in the jar. It's like a marble jar, trust marble, trust a jar. And when those marbles fill up, then you, that's kind of your way of knowing, like it's safe to be vulnerable, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that made uh, sense okay. at all. Okay. I loved that whole metaphorical trust jar, but one of the things that I, hate is that I find myself sometimes filling other people's jars and <laughs> that, that make it really, I, wait, wait, that's not the right. Sometimes I find myself, that's I not like, the right huh? no, no. Sometimes I, I find myself being nice to people that, that really don't mean anything. Cause it's easier to do that than to be nice to people that you really care about or not nice. Nice isn't the right word, but be like vulnerable. Open? Open. Like sometimes yeah. it's, it's easier to be, open with people that that you don't really have to be because you don't want to be vulnerable to people that you do want to be vulnerable to because you're afraid to expose yourself. Yeah, exactly. I don't like the thought of exposing myself to anybody 
out there, but mostly I don't like to expose myself to my family because they're the ones I love the most. Well, and, and I, think I know that's, that's kind of that... asked backwards, but no, dad, but I think that's exactly it is that in a way it's like a protective factor. This is why people go to therapy. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I'm being true. Isn't that what we're doing here? It's, no, it's, no, <laughs> this is not therapy. Trust me. This is totally different than therapy. So I think oh. that that people will go to a therapist because the things that they're processing or experiencing or struggling with, they don't want to burden their family with. And so they go to a safe person that that's a healthy way. I think when it becomes unhealthy is like, if I have a friend that I'm just dumping on constantly and I'm crossing that boundary for them. And then that's when they're like, Oh my God, like, everything with you is just always a problem. It's like, yeah, because I'm abusing that trust. I'm abusing that relationship. And so, you know, this is definitely like a time to advocate to go to therapy if you're feeling that way, because that person then becomes the person you can process with. And that's their job. They have training for that. They, they know how to set boundaries and not, you know, that's their one role is to be that person for you. And, and they're going to do it really well in most cases. And then you can figure out how do I want to communicate this with my partner or my family in a way that's not going to hurt them in a way that is going to continue to foster that relationship and connection and, and trust. And eventually you won't need the therapist to help you figure that out and navigate it. They're just there at, at the beginning sometimes to help you figure it out. Yeah. I also want to say just like on that note, like if anybody, if anybody's listening um, for all the listeners, um, like if some, if either, or if somebody suggests you going to therapy, or if you're suggesting somebody go to therapy, I think we got to get off like this notion that that's a negative thing, because to me, that's one of two things. That's either the person and showing, saying like, I care about you and I want you to feel better. Or it's also like, Hey, like I can't like, I don't feel like comfortable with this or like, I can't, I'm not qualified to like, I feel like I'm just not the person to like be that listening ear, you know, like I might do more harm than good kind of thing, you know? And I think about that with you guys, because I am a a licensed therapist and and Debbie, you're a licensed social worker. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose my relationship with you as a family member because I become your therapist. And so that's a boundary that ethically, legally, and like also personally, I set is that the way I interact with you guys is so different than how I interact with a client because I want to be your daughter. I want to be your sister. I don't want to be your therapist. And I think I've said that to so many of you guys, like just go to therapy. And that's exactly right. Debbie is that's my way of saying, I don't want to handle these big things that deserve the right space to be processed. Like I respect that these are things that are important to you. And I don't want to, I don't want to always be that person that, that receives it. And is like, I'm putting pressure on myself to do something with. Well, yeah. And like, not to overshare, or I don't know if this is, I don't know, but you and I have had conversations like that as sisters. And honestly, like, since we've kind of come to that realization of like, there's just certain things like, like big things, like you're saying, um, and like just that shift, like, with all my siblings, actually, like, and the relationship that now we're having and the conversations now we're having serves me way more than the conversations we were previously having, you know, like me dumping kind of, mm-hmm. um, now we talk about like fun things or like educational, like, you know what I mean? And I just have seen that. And I'm like, 
that's made me very happy. Like these conversations we've all been having yeah, that are not know. geared towards like dumping and like, well, you and know. there's a time and there's a place for that when it's like really important things. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if mom and dad know that like we, as the four siblings have a group chat and we like talk <laughs> to each other daily. And it's not about like you're saying, Debbie, it's not about these like big life-changing things. Where yeah. we're like, oh my God, I have to process this with you. Like these are fun things that we're sharing music and news. We're stories. starting a dang book club together. I we mean, are, we're in a book club together as siblings. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's I think awesome. it's because we all are making that like very active and conscious choice to be close to one another in a way that's realistic for our lives. Like, you know, I know that Nico and Becky aren't here today and there's like no pressure. Like yeah. I, I accept totally and completely that we all have limits and, and the, that we're all aligned in the goal of being connected to one another and respect that we prioritize our immediate families first. Mm-hmm. And then our relationship as siblings supports that and nurtures and, and helps grow that. And so I think that's, I don't know how that happened. I think, you know, it just happened. COVID, maybe COVID really kind of helped us to see that we're really important to one another and we care deeply about each other. Um, but I think I'm it's also too, that all four of you are in totally different locations. You know, and oh, yeah. it's not as easy to get together. You know, I mean, to to get all four of you in the same space is a difficult thing to do to coordinate. You know, since you all live in different cities and some different states, is you know, it's not like you know a twenty minute drive to get together. So you had to find a way to keep that closeness without, you know having to compromise too much of your time or too much of mm-hmm. your energy, you know? And so you found the chat better to do that, you know, because you can leave something. And then when that other person's available to read that or respond, yeah, they do it on their terms. And I mm-hmm. think that that that's how that probably happened. You know, well, I do think that's true, mom. And I do think it's a miracle that in February, we're all going to be together in California. Mm-hmm. And it just, it yeah. wasn't some planned out thing. It just kind February, of February, I thought it was March. Or Nick's birthday. No, we're oh, going yeah. out for Nick's birthday, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys will be all together. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. So, so Annalise, just on a totally random, randomly strange side note, okay? I see behind you, you have the three sisters, mm. okay? And all, all I can picture, just in this randomly weird sense of humor that I have, I just picture Nick laying on the ground in one of those poses, like well, I'm trying, like <laughs> poses like that, laying on the ground in front of you guys with like a soccer ball or something in his hands. Oh. And it just kind and of almost, to mock, to, almost yeah. to mock the three sisters. That's so you know? funny. So you got to find that little statue. <laughs> oh, I would love to. That would be a great addition. <laughs> I do think we're going to try to go surfing when we visit Nick. I don't know how that cool would be cool, be, but that would be. Yeah. Well, that's why God wetsuits okay before we move on to our like current event things uh dad did you want to ask that question i haven't forgotten so so it was it was a little bit more at you and debbie about so so this is about transformation versus whatever um resolution so so how do you guys how are you both going to think about transformations when you, when you guys have the family situations that you do, you know, you, you know, Nate's, Nate's constantly traveling. You got three kids, you got to deal with COVID in the schools. 
you know, Debbie, you, you have a husband who's working from home, but you, and you're thinking about whatever you're thinking about, maybe having another child or maybe going back to work or whatever. How does, how do you guys even start to think about fitting transformations into your life? I mean, I really want to know, cause that's like a, that's like a tough thing. I'm like, I'm old. Like, I don't think about transformations like you guys must, you know? Um, just for me, like I'm, um, I'm trying to meet myself where I'm at right now. And, um, for the last two years, I've been very, uh, lonely. I've been very unmotivated. I've been really like kind of a hermit almost. And, um, I, what's fueling me is just this motivation to like be more, have a more active lifestyle. So I'm not thinking in terms of like, I want to lose whatever, 50 pounds. I want to eat healthier. I want to, I just want to have a more active and like, uh, I'm thinking wellness. Like if that was my one word of the year, it's wellness. And so I'm thinking of all kinds of things that make me feel more well. And I'm really focusing on the like physical aspect of things like reconnecting with um, earth and, and reconnecting with like physical activity. Cause I was mm-hmm. an athlete my entire life. And I mean, I just, I got to get back to like some physical activity because it, it may, I know it makes me happy. So that's, I'm not, I, I, there are ways to incorporate that into your already life. So I'm meeting myself where I'm at. I have a toddler. Like it's not realistic for me to like, think I'm going to be this like CrossFit gym person. Like that's not going to be me, but I can do it in other ways that also honor motherhood, you know, right. Or parenthood, I should say. So it's kind of back to your question, Annalie, is that how does a person take that step even when they're not really necessarily feeling it? The desire's there, but the daily is the reminder of, oh, it's just easier to sit here and watch a TV show, or it's just easier to, you know, how do you start? And for me, it was literally just doing, I started with trying to get ounces of water in every day. That was my starting point. I am going to drink whatever ounces a day. I'm going to make sure I do that. I'm going to commit to that and then get used to that. And when I did change my diet and everything else, it took me about two months to get that routine and that habit where I didn't have to think about it and, and constantly be saying, this is good for you it became more natural. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to drink my water. Like I didn't have to remind myself Mm -hmm. because I didn't feel like drinking water. You know, like you said, how do you do? And I think it's really just every day doing one thing consciously to change and commit to that. And that, that will propel you into the the rest will kind of come along. Mm -hmm. It just kind of does. I mean, you just kind of figure it out. I don't know how else to say it. You know, but you, you, as the person, if you want change in your life, you have to make those first steps, whether you feel like it or not, you have Mm -hmm. to, you know, if, if that's your goal, if that's what you want, if you're choosing that, then you have to choose to do the work because there's no other way around it. I I think, I think breaking down that stigma of like one on one hand, like you're saying, Debbie, I'm not going to be this crop fit CrossFit person. And that's not who I'm going to be. And I think, you know, we have to kind of 
break down that idea of what we think we should be or like what makes success makes us successful at our goal mm-hmm. and create our own goal. And like you did, mom, it just was as simple as drinking more water and, and not wait for that feeling of, oh, I'm going to be motivated. And I think right. there's so much power in our self-talk and our, like our narrative that we have in our head, because going down to even just like the neurological level and how we create these pathways, what we say to ourselves changes those pathways. Mm-hmm. And so right. if we've said for so long that, Oh, I'll feel better if I lay down and watch TV and we continue to like that shame cycle. And that's what we're telling ourselves is that story of, Oh, I'm just, I'm a failure. Or I, I messed up today because I was tired and I, I ate fast food and then I'm done. Cause I'm a failure. Right. That's the story we told ourselves right. instead of the real story, which is today I needed a break, but tomorrow I can do it. And so it's kind of just like, how are we talking to ourselves about these things? What story are we telling ourselves? And for you, mom, it, it was a story that helped you be successful. Finally, you started telling a story that helped encourage you to, to move forward. And the same thing for you, Debbie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's this, that's kind of the story that I'm working on for myself is uh, a big thing for me is time management. I have huge, huge opportunities this year, huge goals. Um, and it's interesting the last two weeks, the first two weeks of 2022, I have done more than I did probably all of December in two weeks. And I have had more time with my kids because I'm sticking to my schedule. I'm putting in time. This hour is for podcast planning. This hour is for social media post planning this, you know, these five hours when I see clients and then when school's out, I'm with the kids. And so I think for me, I don't always feel like doing it like you're saying, but I'm like, no, if Mm -hmm. I do it this hour, then this is the hour that I do it. And it, and I feel better later even though I'm dragging right. committing to it because you know, the end result is what you really want. Yeah. Right. And I think it's kind of too taking a leap of faith. So like, I'm really, yeah. I'm taking a big leap of faith this year in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm not comfortable with that. And I have to kind of be okay that in order to grow and change, we have to be uncomfortable and we want so, like everything I feel like says, and this is why I'm so kind of resistant to like TikTok therapy and social media therapy is that it, it really puts this idea out that like, you're going to feel so much better when you change. And it's like, no, you're going to struggle. You're going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to bring up crap that hurts. And it's all important to acknowledge. It's all good and useful information that is of who you are. And so in my first podcast um, of this season, I talked about that, like how just doing time management brings up so much personal stuff for me, because I feel like if I choose myself, I'm a failure. If I choose myself, I'm selfish. And so kind of having to break through that uncomfortableness of, of working on my own needs without feeling like I'm failing. Mm-hmm. Right. Or letting someone else down. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. But routines are good. I find them to be good. I do. I'm enjoying more structure. Uh-huh. I'm not as good at it as Nathan is, but I'm I'm enjoying more structure. <laughs> all right. So kind of transitioning into our current events. Did you all bring something, a topic or news story or personal thing that's like kind of on the forefront of your mind? Uh, I had one thing. I, I, I sent Debbie an article 
because it because it's because we've had some conversations about uh the and sorry this is it are we like wait we can do whatever we want to talk about it's there's no agenda okay no so so debbie so debbie had had been or both of you guys i think but i think more debbie than anybody had been talking a lot about the social worker aspect of of um of the debate about police the way the police respond to incidences and stuff like that and so i sent her an article the other day because our, our police department is in a major state of flux in albuquerque but the one thing that they did do was they did create this unit and i'm sorry that i can't remember the name of the unit but it's basically the a group of people that respond now to some domestic violence or some domestic situations i don't want to say domestic violence but to domestic situations and um and, and we are 400 police officers short in albuquerque right now oh, wow and so this this unit is they threw money at it and it seems to be a positive thing and i gotta tell you I, everything in me fought even thinking this was the right way to go because i i felt like somebody's going to get hurt and somebody probably still will get hurt responding to an incident that ends up turning violent. But I got to tell you, I think it's like everything else. If if you have 100 incidences and 97 of them are, re, are, are amazing outcomes and three are bad, are you going to focus on the three that were bad or are you going to focus on the 97 that were good? And I think this group, this, this um, unit is going to make a lot of positive changes for some of these incidences. And, and I think a lot of it stems for me, for me, finding uh, some, some like saying, oh yeah, that's okay. That's a cool thing. It was really hard. And so I had conversations with you guys about this kind of stuff because I would have never thought that before. And I, and it just, and that, and, and, and actually oddly enough, that kind of weighs on my brain a lot as I look at all the problems that we're having in Albuquerque right now. So many problems, so many mm-hmm. killings and violence and you know death anyway so that's my randomly weird current event (laughs) that's awesome and i've always been a huge advocate for those things i mean i love in houston the way um i think it's growing this um not department but unit yeah Yeah. unit um and you know it's just all about you know reallocating kind of certain funds to fund more things like this because they are seeing positive outcomes. You know, they're seeing things that might've escalated, not escalating. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think in another lifetime, I would have loved to like be that ride along uh, clinician sure. and um, yeah, but yeah, not in the cards. So <laughs> no, um, I, I wanted to talk about this current event, but I just feel like I don't know enough about it, um, to really speak on it, but maybe you guys, maybe you guys heard about it or know about it. Um, the, the hostage, uh, situation in Dallas yesterday, or last Dallas night. or Houston, Dallas, the synagogue. Uh-huh. I've not heard much about it. Well, I thought it was in Houston for some reason. No, it's in Dallas. Was it in Fort um, Worth or Dallas? Uh, 
was trying to look it up. I honestly uh, looked for like active live news coverage of it and I couldn't find anything. Yeah. You know, and I'm, there is an article that I just pulled up. Um, th- I mean, the only thing that I can just skim on is that the, the person that the, the suspect is dead. Um, oh. and, um, did he kill anybody? No, he had four hostages. They were all real. They were all okay. Um, one of them was the rabbi there. Um, was it a hate crime? They think from what I was reading, they think it was related to somebody who's in prison in Fort Worth or that area, the Dallas area. I don't know what prison that is, but yeah, somebody that was arrested that, um, was arrested for like anti-terrorism charges. And I did read the article. It was a person who, um, was, um, um, what do you call it when you get convicted of terrorism and it, the incident happened in New York. But they, when they were sent to jail, they were sent to Texas to for the jail there. But but the incident itself happened in New York. Oh, interesting. That yeah. yeah, that's why I said like I don't know much about it, so I can't speak on it. But that was something I was uh, last night. I was having dinner with my friends, and um, yeah, we pulled that up, and we're like, oh dang, you know. Um, you know, it's just, I've been hearing a lot of just, I mean, it's always the news, you know, that's how the news is, but it's just, man, it kind of freaks you out, you know? Yeah, Yeah. it is really scary. It's scary too, to not know what's going on and feel like out that sense of control. I think it's like, this is happening, but like this, this happens and sometimes doesn't get news coverage. Like these, this happen happens, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to like live in a fear based life, but like, yeah, when things like this pop up, you're just kind of like, oh man, you know, Ugh. don't you feel like it's only going to get worse? No, no, uh, no. I just, I, I think it. it's always kind of been, you know, the way it is now we just, our viewership of it or our acknowledgement of it and awareness of it is going up, which right. is good. Right. And Maybe bad. that's what it is. <laughs> it's good and bad. That, yeah. Right. But I guess on a, on a more light uh, current event note, well, oh, that's mean of me to say it's light, but uh, Jason Momoa uh, is a single man. <laughs> Who? Who was he married to? <laughs> um, Oh, why can't I think of her name? They were together for a very long time. Um, no, but they uh, they they got divorced. But like their little Instagram post or Twitter post about it was just so a little too out there for me. Um, they they were so free. I, I they, they they said they free each other. Oh. Uh. I saw I saw an article where it was like, you know, Amelia Clark, who played uh, Daenerys Targaryen. Um, I saw an article where it was like, oh, they're getting together. And I was like, like, seriously, that would be awesome. But why do I care what other celebrities like? It's just I've seen seen so many funny memes about it just because Jason Momoa is a pretty good looking guy. And. Um, you know, like celebrity crushes and stuff. Yeah, he's pretty high up there on the list. Um. <laughs> How sad. He, he's on the list for me, too. He's just right below the rock. Oh <laughs> like, like, dude, I would Not love to bad. be Jason Momoa. You guys yeah. are funny. But in, in reality, it is kind of like, why the hell do we care? It's so weird. Because <laughs> sometimes it's just fun to care about other people's lives that don't affect you at all. <laughs> but don't yeah. you think, but, but I think that we care about like people like that. Like that's a dude you'd want to be friends with because he seems like that kind of guy. 
I don't you know. know. I don't like to put anybody on a pedestal because you just don't know. You don't know like what their life is like or what they're like or what their vices are. Like I just, you know, people are people and nobody should be held up to that high of a standard of like anything. I just, well, I you just yeah. I mean, I do like when an, when an actor or an actress um, is likable though. And, and when you watch their movies, it does enhance the experience, but yeah, like you really don't know people, you know? Yeah. You know, the image that they want you to see. And if I'm in a relationship with someone as a friend, like I can get a better sense, but a celebrity, you just see what you see, what access we have to them. It's not very snippet <laughs> of their life. The image that's being um, projected at us. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Yeah. And just because image- of- But also because a celebrity gets like a DUI, then like they're written off from the world. And it's like, well, they're just people like I'm like, I don't know. Right. I know plenty of people who have a DUI and I'm not like, get out of my life. Like right. you shouldn't have a job anymore. That's weird. It's just weird. Yeah. So yeah, it's, there's a line and I try not to cross that line of like being too obsessed or too into it, but. Well, I, I have to admire a, from afar. <laughs> going off of that little projection. <laughs> um, I saw a current event where the guy, I can't think of his name, the comedian who hosted the golden globes a couple days ago. Oh. He, as he started out the award ceremony, he started talking and he said, now this year uh, he was saying, I don't know how to, I'm not going to say it correctly, but basically his message was, is that when you, if you're lucky enough to be honored to receive this award, don't make it about yourself and your platform and your, don't project that out basically (laughs) people. Come up, acknowledge the the award, thank the people who got you there, your agent, your whoever, right? Your coach or whatever, and leave. Don't take this time to stand on the podium to lecture people because that's not what this show is about. And I think the reason why he said that, I think why it's going that direction is because all these award shows, people are checking out. They don't want to hear it anymore. They don't want to be told what to think, what to believe. They're they're kind of reaching that breaking point, like constantly being bombarded with other people's beliefs. And so when they're just trying to go there for some <laughs> entertainment, basically, right? That's not where I'm going to have. And so his point was, <laughs> so he said, I thought you'd have to read the article, but he also said, because... You live in a different reality than the average person. You don't live like what you're saying doesn't really apply to the average person on the street or whatever. We live a totally <laughs> different life than Jennifer Lopez, you know, or whoever you want to say, you know, these celebrities. Um, and so his point was don't take this opportunity when it's not about that right now. I mean, not to say you shouldn't ever talk about it, but not on this award show. And for me, I kind of appreciate that because I'm not saying they shouldn't have a platform or talk. Everyone has that right, right? Especially now with social media, we can get all of our opinions and thoughts out there. But when I'm tuning into something, I'm going, like if I'm watching a comedy show, I'm going there to laugh. I'm not going there to get deep and think about all these other things, you know, Um, not that they're not important and they don't matter. 
but I think that it was interesting that he said that. And I personally think it was based on the fact that a lot of these shows, they've lost viewership because people are just tired of being told what to think or what to believe. So that's my current event. (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about what you just said, and I'm trying to think about how I want to uh, order them. Uh (laughs) Because I have so many. I I can see why... Like I can see both sides of it. Right. But I think there's like something important to maybe just like questions to kind of ask, to get a deeper understanding of why it is the way it is. Like, why are we so intent on telling people what to do? Right. Why are we so like on both sides? Right. And like, I get the point of celebrities and actors who receive a golden globe and, and directors and all those people, like they're living in a different realm than the average person. I don't necessarily feel like they're telling me what to do, but like, why, why is there this push? And you kind of answered it, mom, maybe because there's less viewers and those, and they're not getting as many viewers. So is it about money? Like, please don't tell me don't please don't go up on this stage and tell people what you're thinking and advocating for what you believe in because we're losing money over it. Then, then you said something about um, when I go to a comedy show, I want to laugh. And I think then maybe that comedian that turned you off and got deep, isn't the comedian show you should be going to. Right. So like if the golden globes become a platform for people and actors to share their thoughts, maybe watching the golden globes isn't for you. Right. And I and that was my point but, is but I think what? a lot of that's people why we are, checked out. That's why a lot of you people have it. checked out. And so maybe it's not just about the money. Maybe some of these people, they get on these soapboxes or whatever at an award show I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a person who takes a stand against global warming and is an activist for that particular belief or passion that they have. I'm not saying they should never have a voice. Of course they should. Every human being has the right to express. But but they only have a voice in the places you think are appropriate. Well, I think that I think is appropriate. Okay. My point is, would you go to your child soccer game and tell people on the sideline, parents or whatever, what to believe or what to think? Like, oh, you're okay. Let's take it back a little bit. You're eating animal products. Would you think that that's an appropriate place to tell someone you should be eating animal products? Because people do that. People look down. Like, I'll give you another, a better example. <laughs> Here's a better that example. Didn't, that didn't this happened to someone that I know. They went to a yoga class, but the yoga teacher saw them before the class outside smoking a cigarette. Yeah, then don't go back to that yoga class if that yoga right. teacher said something. And that's my right. point is that I think these shows where people have gotten up and expressed like you've got to do this or whatever, you know, I think the average American is saying, I don't want to hear that anymore in this right. context. And I think they're hearing that now. The Golden Globes, for instance, were you talking about them? I think they're hearing that now and they're realizing, OK, what? how do we want this show to go forward? Because they have the right to say it's their show, whoever the producers or whoever creates that show they have the right to say like you only get two minutes to talk they can cut you off they have the right to do that it's their show so if they're saying but i guess what i'm saying is you hand somebody a microphone and you're like these are the rules that you agree to 
Like, I don't, I don't know why the host is saying that. That should yeah. be something that like in is behind context. the scenes. Well, like, I think there's yeah, a couple like there's reasons. I, I, think, I think there's a couple reasons for it. Number one, I think that the, the, um, the, the viewership is gone down. And second of all, I think that they don't have, they're trying to tell people like, we don't have enough time for all of you to come on and do uh, something like that. It, it's, it's a time management thing, but it's also a, a, a ratings thing. I, I think it, so. So Annalise, I, I really do think that what mom just said is so important. And, but what you're saying is, is every bit has important you vote with your dollar, you vote with your viewing ability, you vote with your channel changer. And so what, what I hear from all of this is shows like everything is, is, is a a microcosm of society. Okay. So the, the Academy Awards least watched Academy Awards like five years in a row. Okay. And these people get up there and they and they speak what they want to say because it's their right to say that. So guess what? Fine. It's your right to say that. But I'm going to tune out of the Academy Awards until I think that they're back to some people simply going up there and saying thank you. So I won't watch the Academy Awards. I won't watch the Golden Globes. I have voted with my with my clicker and I don't watch those shows. But do you and see the problem in that? It continues to like create these vacuums where I only hear what I want to hear and you only hear what you want to hear and we never have a place. No, 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 you're missing the point. My point, at least, and I'm, I think mom's point might be the same thing. I'm not watching the Golden Globes to listen to some freaking actor rant about how his views on the Anything. environment. Or anything. I'm, I'm watching the Golden Globes because I want to see who won Best Picture, and I want to hear that person go up there and be humble and say thank you. That's what I want to see. If I and, wanna, and if I don't, if I'm not going to see that, then I'm not going to watch it. But I also feel like what you're saying. If I want to have that discussion about, say, global warming, then I'm going to reach out to to maybe social media or the the the. The, the YouTube or whatever. <laughs> well, I'm going to do my own research is what I'm saying. No. Yeah. YouTube, whatever. You're going to do, Google but I'm going to do my own research on it. No, I'm going to do my own research on it and come to my own conclusion, but it's my responsibility. I'm not saying like people can write or put out there, whatever they want, YouTube, whatever, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. If I choose to go there, then I have I have ways to get that information. Right. But when I'm watching a show, whether it's Game of Thrones or anything, I, I mean, I'm making a conscious choice. That's what I want to do with my time in the moment. But some of these, so I'm not trying to say that that because you're a celebrity, you don't have a right to say how you feel about global warming or whatever. I'm just using that as an example. Of course, you do. But not in that context. But I, I like, guess what I'm saying no, is you I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. I completely understand your point of view. And I see what you're saying that on this award show, you don't want celebrities to go up and, and use it as a platform. I understand that. What right. I'm saying is I disagree with you completely okay. and fully right. and totally disagree with your point of view. And that's okay because... You know, right. I, I don't watch that show because I don't watch that show. Not for any reason other than <laughs> Sunday evenings are not the time that I want to watch. Right. And yeah. And it's boring. Debbie, that's, I, true. I, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I don't know if the viewership's gone down. Like, just think about how much. Li- 
the Academy Awards, the Golden, these used to be big events, you know, the red carpet. Okay, there's so much more entertaining things out there now. People are not interested in this bull crap anymore. Look, and I don't boring. care. I don't care what you're wearing or what dress yeah, you have on. Nobody like, cares. It's too expensive for me. I can't but, buy it anyway. It's not relatable. And it's not that it's not relatable because of the speeches that they're giving on uh, when they win the award. Right. It's not relatable because why are you spending millions and millions of dollars on this event? When I'd rather go watch a TikTok of people talk about like the guy, what's that guy? Um, the goofy hat guy who gives reviews of movies and oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I would so much rather watch him than yeah. go watch the Golden Globes well, or Tiny And I can Award. I can YouTube Leonardo DiCaprio's speech, his accept right. acceptance speech on YouTube. Like you like I just I think people because I was going to say, too, like a lot of celebrities, like, yeah, they're celebrities or whatever, but some of them in their outside work are very big advocates for certain um, things. And, you know, they've spent a lot of time in those areas and they do have extensive knowledge about certain things, like not all celebrities, but some, you know, have mm-hmm. done work. Why shouldn't they be allowed to speak about it? I mean, they are advocates. Like, of course, you're going to speak on it any moment you get, especially a huge platform like nationally televised event. Right. Like, I just, of course, they're going to speak. And that should should be the expectation that that when we watch those shows and you hand somebody a microphone, they're going to talk about whatever they want. And if it's not what you want to hear, whether it's on a celebrity award show on a comedy show on a whatever on a a live youtube or a podcast you really love and they have a guest that you're like i just can't handle it right like we we don't have to watch it and that's okay right but but i I guess i (laughs) I guess we agree i guess i I don't understand because that's exactly how we feel we all choose what we want to watch based on what we want to watch and the difference is she's not saying i'm bringing it up as a current event like the fact that that guy said that well, and right. what and is what that I'm saying, saying is, about what is I that don't, saying you know like well, as and that's what event. i'm saying is that i don't i don't understand why in like the opening speech of a, an award show that's what they're talking about like that that's not accepting that this is what it is and so to say like the golden globes should be a certain way they are what they are like i'm gonna watch them or i'm not right. gonna watch them. They are yeah what they are. I, not I think you're on you're, show. you're taking like, if i don't way. like it i'm not gonna watch it you're taking it way too far, though, Annalise, because it was simply a, a it was simply a comedian making a statement to draw a huge laugh. That's one of those laughs that the uncomfortable laughs because it's kind of true. People are tired of listening to all that. Many people are, and and it's and that's all it was. We do vote. We if if I don't want to watch something because of how I feel about what's the statements that are being made, then I vote with my feet. And guess what? I didn't watch NFL football for two years. Because I didn't want to watch an athlete kneel for the national anthem. That's on me. That's not on you. That's not on mom. It's not on anybody else. I chose not to watch the NFL. I chose not to watch any of that. But he could still but, do it. But, I mean, but, you know. But that's just my view. Uh, and, they could still and how do I it, feel yeah. has nothing to do with anyone else. And I have every right to feel that way. And that, and so I voted with exactly what you said. I voted with my viewership. I, I chose to watch something else. And, and life be, and I chose to do something else. And actually for me, it was actually really good because I ended up doing more things instead of watching more TV, you know, now you watch football again. But now I'm back to watching football again. (laughs) Hold on. I'm curious. Why did you say Annalise, you're taking it too far? Well, I don't know. Cause I, you, you were the only one who was commenting on, no, no, no. I think you were talking about, 
I don't mean that badly. It's just that you were talking about like, well, why did the comedian or why did the the MC choose to talk, say that or whatever? And I think you're missing the point. Mom, mom, I agree with mom's point of, I think it is about money. I think the Academy Awards and I think the Golden Globes and I think a lot of these award shows are tired of the ratings that they're getting and they're asking people to just be a little bit more viewer friendly. I still think you dodged my question. You dodged my question. Why did you say, Annalise, you're taking it too far? I don't, I don't know. I felt like you were, I don't know. I feel like you were saying. You were judging. I I felt like you were judging us. I I really did feel like you were judging us. I feel like, I feel like a better way, like of saying you're taking it too far is like, I felt like you were getting this sense of being misunderstood, you know, but then I think what maybe you're not accepting is like, it's not misunderstanding. Like, I, I mean, I, I understand you. I'll just speak for myself. I understand what you guys are saying, but yes, I agree with Lisa. Like I disagree with the point, like what you, cause you were talking about the comedian. Yes. But then you inserted your opinion into it. Like you said, you know, I really appreciated him saying that or him j- making a joke right. about that. Like, I'm sure this comedian, I have, I looked him up. I have no clue who that guy is, but he has like a new show on Netflix or something. And he probably said it in a joking way, like a cringy joke, but it's, it's he also did. like, That's it's, what I'm saying. it's also is just it like just was- dumb joke. Like it, to me, it's like, what, um, I think I advocate for anybody, whether you're a celebrity, whether you're a TikTok famous, whether you're an actress, like, yeah, if you feel passionate about this and it's going to help, you know, in uh, some way advocating for this. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I just think recently um, Emma Watson just did something very controversial and, you know, she's getting a lot of heat from it, but fuck yeah stand up for yourself i mean yeah your people aren't gonna like it but if you have a platform as big as that i would kind of judge you for not using it to stand up for things that you feel passionate about if you aren't that kind of person you don't have to feel pressured to be the advocate for something just because you're a celebrity and i think i think dad mom like i agree with a lot of what you're saying and i understand what you're saying about like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. I think what the the kind of thing that I'm adding on is don't try to change the show. Like, if you don't like the show, don't tell the show what to be and what not to be. Like, like how people are with comedians and, and actors in, in that sense, too. Like, you don't like the way they make jokes. You don't like how they write their show. Don't tell them you need to be doing it a certain way. If 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 a celebrity chooses to go up on the Golden Globes and they give them that platform, that's what they do. I'm not going to tell the Golden Globes to change. Like you need to change and be different. Right. Like it's okay. like it is what it is, right? I'm either right. going to watch it or I'm not. But to have on, like to add on that thing of the Golden Globes would be better if they did it the way I wanted to do it. Okay, maybe yeah, but. Like, I don't think silencing people is like a good thing to do anyway. Cancel culture on both ends isn't good. Exactly. Like, it can be bad either way. Like, I don't think it's just we have to stop trying to silence people because we're uncomfortable with what they're saying. We're not. We're not. And and that wasn't my point at all. My point is there's a time and a place for everything. And and when we're talking about entertainment, we're not talking about politics. No, that's what we're saying. We're just talking about there is a time and a place. 
and for that's the, everything. And that's what we're <laughs> right. saying. And so, so, so if that if that person you, if that, that is the no. time and place for it. <laughs> but that's what you believe, right? That's what you that's believe. That's what we believe. Yeah. You have the right two against two. We're two against you. You have the right to believe that way. You have every right to believe that way. I just found it interesting. Don't judge me for not for not believing that. Let's clarify something really quick before we wrap this up. Okay. Okay. I recognize and understand that you felt judged because I disagreed with you. That is your own interpretation. That's your own feelings. I'm not like, I'm not judging you. I'm not saying you're bad people. I'm simply just disagreeing with you. Okay. And I'm not saying like, please don't think that because I disagree with you, I don't understand you. That's the part that we have to separate here because that's what creates that like uncomfortableness and maybe some like anger or frustration, right? I understand your point of view. You don't think celebrities should use their platform in that space. I get it. And Debbie and I think that they should. That's just a disagreement. It's not a judgment to say you're bad people or think wrong or you're inappropriate. It's just like, we just disagree. I understand what you're saying. And, and I would hope that like kind of next time you don't, you don't say that, like, you don't understand me. Maybe say, I don't feel understood. Because I think it's hard to speak for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Can, okay. Like it, it can create like an immediate defensiveness that uh-huh. that prevents us from like really actually having a communicative, like a full conversation. Right. Well, wow. I didn't know my current event was going to create so much. <laughs> I just I brought it up because I personally like I watched the audience go oh, like like some people gasped and some people clapped. Everyone had a different emotion about it. And I found that very interesting as a current event. You know, I brought it up for that. I wasn't trying to get into what dad and I believe or you believe or anything. Just like it's really interesting to see how people view things so differently. You know, mm-hmm. like it's really fascinating to me that we we the way we do communicate and what's acceptable and what's not yeah so that's why I brought it up is that um and I don't know what drove him to say that if he was just straight up joking about it because people have said that like I don't want to see that so he's like well the hell with you we have the right and maybe he was just a joke to say you know do whatever you want but he was really joking you know when he said that because he was laughing he definitely was laughing when he said it. And some people got the joke, maybe, and some people did it in the in the audience. But I just brought it up as just the thought of, you know, because that's been such a um a controversial thing in 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 our society, you know. Definitely. People, you know. No, I think um, it's good to have these conversations that we disagree on and are difficult. Right. I um really have to go, but I wanted to leave you guys with something funny. Be- like I, some of the things we said throughout the podcast, I was like, dang, we got some good, we got some good lines right here. Um, I was thinking some t-shirt designs. Uh, Lisa. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm just joking. But um, so here's t-shirt number one. Don't should on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. T-shirt number two, step into your power. Mm. And T-shirt number three, feeling alive. Feeling oh, alive. Yeah. 2022, feeling alive. Okay. I got to go. I love you guys. Love um, you too. Talk to you later. Cool. Bye. 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 Okay. Thank before, you. before we all sign off together, I wanted to share my current event, which is the Dallas Cowboys playing the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. 
Okay. And just like the, I mean, there's not really much to discuss other than Nathan's a 49er fan. I'm a Cowboy fan. We're going to watch as a family, but I did think it was so cool. What you shared um, this week, dad, about Nickelodeon showing the game and having all awesome. this kid content for it. And I'm like super stoked about that. So have I can't you seen wait to any see of it. the highlights, the previews. No, I haven't. I oh my God. It is going to be amazing. I, I think we're going to go, I would like to go over to Curtis's and watch it on the big screen with Logan and, and see how, cause he likes football dude. They're going to be sliming athletes, the, the, you know, using the, the facial recognition stuff. That's and cool. they were showing them sliming the, like some of the announcers before the game and stuff. They're going to SpongeBob is going to be like there for touchdowns and dude, it's going to be so amazing. It's going to be awesome. I think that's great because to me, like, I remember watching football as a kid and like all the food and mom would like put out all yeah. the stuff and dad would make those queso and the weenies and like it would just be so much fun. And yeah. I'm really, I'm really, really excited that our kids are into watching sports and we watch yeah. Liverpool a lot and we watch a lot of football. So, you know, create a space where it's safe for kids to watch this stuff and they don't have to deal with the adult stuff like people without kids probably love watching the ESPN coverage and all that right. stuff where they, they bring up the controversial things and all that. I want a place where it's safe with kids to watch stuff. So I'm excited. I'm excited to have both. Cool. Right? So I'm, I am, I am too. And, and you know, the good news for Nate is that he at least got to watch one team win today, Liverpool. Now he's going to watch his other team get crushed. Yeah. We're going to annihilate them. <laughs> all right. We'll see you later, baby. Bye. Love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you want to hear more, please subscribe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at alucero_mft. If you'd like to share a story about your family, you can email me at contact at annaliselucero_mft.com. I'm a licensed and trained marriage and family therapist but this podcast is not a replacement for therapeutic advice. If you need help finding a therapist, visit psychologytoday.com to find a therapist in your area.